0: This is a podcast by two guys who used to date, now they don't, and they talk about movies.
1: I'm Matt Fisher, and over there is my buddy, Ryan. Yeah, and over there is my buddy, Matt. And yeah, we used to date, now we're just buddies.
0: Best buddies.
1: Air buddies, even. My buddy, air buddy, uh, Bugs buddy. (laughs) Yeah. So, buddy. What's up? Not much. What's going on with you? I've been starting to think, you know how there's all these, like, closeted quote celebrities in hollywood okay and we're kind of getting to a point where you don't have to be closeted i don't think that zachary quinto's career has been halted by him being out or anything like that like you know especially within like the last couple years doesn't feel like it's too much of a career killer to be out yeah but do you think that someone like tom cruise if he were to come out would he get more or less work?
0: Mm. Well, I mean, if we're judging by his butt and Valkyrie, then uh, <laughs> he's probably going to get a lot more, <laughs> a lot more stunt
1: butt is, work. I was going to say, is he going to get uh, the same roles that he's been accustomed to, or is it is he going to is it going to branch out into new and exciting territory?
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he's the big enough star that if he plays his cards right. He can just be the new uh, Ian McKellen. Yeah. Know? He's not old enough quite yet, but... Uh, you can that, get there. Yeah, there'll be roles. They'll uh, write roles for
1: that. What about, like, John Travolta? How has that stopped anything? That's an open secret, right? Yeah. I mean, if you've seen Saturday Night Fever, I feel like it is. Does Does anybody believe he's he's straight still? Uh, maybe his wife. Besides him, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I he, I hear all these rumors about how, like... He pays for like male masseuses, and then like will grab their butt like mid-massage and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but
0: (laughs) sounds like fun to wildly speculate. (laughs) We need to get the MythBusters in on this.
1: (laughs) Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. Would would things really go terribly awry for him? I
0: mean, uh, all the Wolverine roles are over for
1: right. All, All the Wolverine movies are done. You could still presumably make a prequel to Logan, I feel. Like cuz that one, I don't know what year that took place, but presumably it was like 20, 30 years ahead or something. Yeah,
0: somewhere between like Days of Future Past and Logan.
1: Yeah. Mhm. That's possible. But yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I yeah, is it is it really going to stop him from doing was it The Greatest Showman? <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I don't understand why it has to do with anything, you know? It it just seems like... Whenever a straight actor plays a gay person, they're like, what a brave choice. Mm -hmm. And no one's ever thinking, like, when Neil Patrick Harris played straight, that they're like, what a brave choice. You (laughs) know, like,
1: what does it matter? (laughs) Yeah. And, I don't know, sometimes... I mean, some straight actors play gay really well. Yeah. Like, some of them really sell it. Yeah. And likewise, in the case of Neil Patrick Harris... He sold being straight pretty well.
0: Yeah. And he did for years on on that television show. How I Met Your Mom. Yeah. So, I mean. Doogie Hauser. Did that. Uh, Presumably Doogie Hauser was straight. I don't know <laughs> if that ever actually came up in I the show. I think he was still in the pupa stage, so it <laughs> didn't really count. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more offended by just bad acting in general. Yeah, than, sure. Like, than people's sexuality. That that takes me out less than, than somebody who can't read a line. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, all these gays just seem to be killing it acting-wise, so I don't know. seems like it wouldn't wouldn't affect them at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, presumably they had to play straight through most of their adolescence, so they have, like, acting chops, like, by the time they're even hitting Hollywood. Yeah. How about ladies?
0: Do you think any ladies might uh, have some Uh, problems with that?
1: I don't know I mean Jodie Foster kind of like half came out in an acceptance speech once right
0: I hope that you're not disappointed that there won't be a big coming out speech tonight because uh I already did my coming out about a thousand years ago back in the stone age
1: I don't know if that really hurt her career or if just being a woman in her middle age is what did her that's the that's the big one you can find a way to avoid that ladies
0: you're you're set to go
1: (laughs) yeah if you can just not be (laughs) middle-aged I'd like to see us get to a point when uh,
0: when Oprah not...
1: finally comes out that her and Gail are... Oh, my God. I mean, they went camping together. Hi, honey. How are you? Tell honey you can call him back. <laughs> does anything scream more lesbian than two women camping without their husbands?
0: <laughs> Why does that scream lesbian but not two men camping without their wives?
1: I don't know. A lot of camping
0: buddies. That is... Yeah, I've seen Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> blew the lid way off that that ruse. Yeah, they they found ways to trim the rose,
1: no problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonder if uh, Tom Cruise and Hugh Jackman ever go camping together.
1: I'd watch that movie. Brokeback Mountain Reboot.
0: When they're really, really
1: old? The The Brokeback Diaries. Yeah, yeah. Showtime will pick that up like that. <laughs> Brought to you by the coffee table book on Cher's wigs. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, Andrew Christian underwear.
0: (laughs) This reminds me of just like the idea of logo, the channel. Yeah. I remember being kind of offended by the idea of that being like, how can they market this and make this work? But then one time going home and visiting my parents who had cable and stopping on it and just watching it for like an hour or two. (laughs) And I think the show that was on was like Jeffrey and Cole Casserole, which is Jeffrey Self and Cole Escalas. like... I know uh, who Jeffrey Self is. Yeah. They had like a... Hashtag babe. Yeah. They had a um, sketch show. Okay. That was like gay themed. And I was like, this, you know, it is kind of nice to have a show that's just all gay stuff.
1: <laughs> you know, we talked about this. I think this was like way, way, way back, like Superman Returns or something, where you were talking about how like you saw an ad on a bus that oh. was like an avocado on a hot person. Yeah, like, And it was like, decisions are hard. And you're like, yeah, they are. <laughs> and I was like, I love being pandered to. Yeah. I love it when market forces align to cater to me. And Logo would be a perfect example of that. It's a whole channel dedicated to things that they think you're interested in. And surprise, surprise, you kind of are. Yeah, I was
0: was surprised that the amount of stuff I thought, like, ooh, I should watch that. (laughs) That actually looks kind of good. I don't know. Maybe I've just been trained to hate all things gay mainstream because, you know, growing up watching 90s indies movies about... uh, coming out or dying of AIDS and you're
1: just like man I don't relate to any of this (laughs) yeah I mean even the coming of age movies like for you know from a queer perspective are usually pretty bad like it's always like some Joe Ryan nobody (laughs) who like is stuck in a family that may or may not accept his way of life
0: he's got a crush on the hot guy who's either uh, the lead in the school play or the, the quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have to keep their love a secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at one point they get caught and the popular one has to uh, spurn his lover. Yeah. I mean, that's basically every gay coming out
1: story or it's coming fair. of age story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And eventually he finds someone else who's actually really cool and blah, blah, blah.
1: And we, we watch them because like the young one is like twinkie and effeminate we relate to him and then we want to bang the guy that he wants to bang
0: i think i always feel like this is the one that's going to tell it like i lived it (laughs) and it's always i always find myself just frowning arms crossed at the end like fuck
1: it's like the ending is not that they go on to form a dance electronic band right big city (laughs) they never end that
0: way (laughs) i guess i just need to write a, a coming out script i mean i could i could write a
1: love simon oh yeah that looks hot <laughs> i guess is my only like i've always seen like stills of it but i'm like oh yeah i don't think i can watch it
0: i i want to i like i can feel in myself that i i want to hate it
1: <laughs> is that how you felt about call me by
0: your name no i went in with no expectations oh. on that but i just have a feeling that i'm gonna hate it because call me by your name at least it's sort of a coming out story, but it's that's not the conflict. The conflict isn't coming out. There's different issues. It's isn't mo- the age thing? Partially, and also just sort of like, it's just a coming of age story not related to coming out, basically. Mm. Whereas like every other gay story feels like coming of age has to be coming out. Mm-hmm. And that gets so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just, we've seen it. I don't know, but I should see it before I start shitting on it so
1: i don't know i feel as as gay men we've earned the right to prejudge pretty hard i mean basically everything but especially queer cinema mm-hmm. we've earned that right to judge a book by its cover yeah. just by surviving this long yeah good for us <laughs> i'm just patting myself on the back yeah give myself a little pat there to hop in? Let's do this. Okay. Hey, Matt. Yes, Ryan. Do you hear that? It's like a high
0: and then there's like a, a, a whoosh. I'm making a reference to, to the movie.
1: Oh, what movie would that be? Upstream Color. So I'm I'm just going to say this right off the bat. This has to be The worst movie in the Babe franchise that I've ever seen. (laughs) In the Babe franchise? Yeah, all the... (laughs) Ah.
0: Yeah, you thought Pig in the City was dark.
1: (laughs) Ah. You're going to have to convince me of this one, I think, a little bit, because this is my second viewing, and I feel more confused and conflicted this time around than I did previously. Okay. And I have some problems with the movie that's not to say that i didn't love it (laughs) but you you might have to go to bat for this one a little bit more than other movies that we've discussed fair enough
0: so i'll tell you right now i picked this movie because when you started your theme this season my hard art theme hard art one of the things you said is movies that make sense emotionally more than rationally and this is the first movie that popped into my brain when you said that
1: and my argument is that this movie does not hit that mark. Oh, it doesn't make sense either way? Uh, Yeah. I mean, not really cohesively, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, uh, okay. Anyway. Okay. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, you're fine. I think
0: why I feel that this is a good addition is because it maybe doesn't always make sense logically, but I do think I'm on board emotionally the whole way through.
1: Like, it's not that it's not an emotional movie. Like, it's very emotionally direct, even if it's narratively abstract. Mm -hmm. Because I I felt lots of things watching this movie. Like, start to finish, all my feelings were just, like, there. And it was, like, pulling them out of me, like, you know, a magician's scarf or something. Uh But I kind of felt like that's what it had going for it, is that it, it pushed my buttons... And that was the end of it. Okay. I don't want to just shit on the movie. I I got praise for it, too. But if if you'd be so kind, why don't you run down a quick (laughs) synopsis of this movie for our listenership?
0: I'm just going to sound like some crazy person on the street now, aren't I? (laughs) So there's a guy who finds these uh, plants at the store and he digs out some grubs from their soil and these grubs when uh somebody swallows them he can like hypnotize them he ends up hypnotizing one of our main characters chris chris fisher with a superfluous
1: c which i hate by the way (laughs) as a fisher myself i see no reason for it an affront to the fisher name it is anytime i say my last name on the phone to someone everyone's like is that with a c or without a c if it was just it uniform was no one would have to ask me that question.
0: I know how you feel like people who spell Whedon with an h. What,
1: what's who does that? Come on. Joss.
0: So, Chris is a art she works for a visual art company or something. We don't really know. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, she's some sort of editor cuz she's like editing like moving foot like moving pictures. Yeah. I
0: thought it was that or she was like some kind of art curator of some sort i don't know okay but um she gets kidnapped by this dude he puts a grub in her and he proceeds to hypnotize her and ends up making her give up all her equity from her house and sell some rare coins and then um just sort of dumps her after a while and then she wakes up and finds that she has all these worms running around in her body like big worms, big worms, tries to cut him out. But then she hears a noise that like draws her to this place. And there's this guy who has these speakers that he's put on the ground and the sound of that draws her there. And then he does an operation on her where he pulls the worms out of her and puts them in a pig. <laughs> and uh, then uh, Chris wakes up and realizes her life is ruined Fast forward some time, she meets uh, Jeff, played by Sh- Shane Carruth, our director, writer, everything basically of this movie.
1: Resident Babe of the movie.
0: Yeah, and then in act—that's Act One. Not Babe it? the
1: pig. Babe isn't—he's real hot. <laughs> See, that's
0: what I thought you were saying at first. Oh. I was like, Babe franchise.
1: Is you, he, is you thought he-? I was referring to the John Goodman biopic yeah. about Babe Ruth. <laughs> the Babe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't get it. They sort of—they sort of fall in love, realize that they've both been through a similar experience, and. Also, they're sort of connected to these their respective pigs. Like somehow, the worm that got transferred also like connects them to their pig. And uh, they figure out that they need to find this dude. They like somehow f- are following instinct and sounds, and they get to this dude's place and end up killing him in a vague way. We don't really know. And then they end up taking over the pig farm and have an eternal sunshine, the spotless mind moment where they send out everybody's tapes to all the people who also have pigs there and everybody comes to the pig farm and then they turn it into a happy pig farm.
1: You're right. You sound like a crazy person on the streets.
0: <laughs> but that's the movie. That's the
1: plot, basically. So <laughs> full disclosure, the second time I've watched it, both times I've watched it, I've kind of been in a mood. Uh-huh. First time I watched it, the guy I was dating and I were at the theater, and he's like, Wait a minute, who's in this? I was like, Amy Simitz, because he had produced a movie that Amy Simitz was in. Oh, okay. And I was like, Yeah, I told you, Amy Simitz. He goes, Oh, I thought you meant Amy Sedaris. Species, um, what'd you say? <laughs> Here, what you want to hear? I thought we were going to see a comedy. And he left. Like, we were at the theater, and he left. Oh, my God. And so, like, it put me, like, in a weird mind space. Yeah. And then I'm watching this movie while, like, kind of furious. <laughs> and last night, it's like, work has been stupid lately, and, like, I went to hot yoga, and, like, the heat, like, broke me. <sighs> I got home, and, like, I'm watching this movie, and I'm just sort of, like, I hate. It's <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just... Part of it just might be tainted that, like, both times that I've seen this, I've been kind of in a crappy mood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Um, It's like me and Love, Simon. I just know I'm going to
1: hate it. But, I mean, there is a lot to like about this movie. So, before I start shitting on it too hard, I want to sort of praise it. A, it looks wonderful.
0: Yeah, and it's digital, I think.
1: Is it? I think so. It looks very crisp. Like, it really looks clean and clear and very well lit there's a real variety of visual textures
0: too which is nice Mm -hmm. you get some abstract scenes when like the pigs are decaying you get some underwater you get some uh you know odd
1: perspectives it's Mm -hmm. a real nice uh combination of visual textures and i remember liking the beginning a little bit more this time around than when i previously seen it like the hypnotism part where she was like under the spell of these like maggot grub things especially the scene when she's first sort of being like held under the he or he's credited as the thief and he said that i was born with a disfigurement where my head is made of the same material as the sun. it makes it impossible for you to look directly at me it has always been this way And the way that that whole scene is filmed, I really loved. Yeah. Because you kind of see it, like, you're looking at her, but it's sort of at at the same time from her perspective because the light in that scene becomes as if there's just, like, this glowing ball of fire. Suddenly, yeah. Where he's sitting. And she turns away from it. Yeah, like, it's too bright to look at. And then, like, we kind of get, like, a different perspective where it's, like, he's sort of blurry in the background, but it, like where his head is, is just this great big bright light. Yeah. And I really like that. Cause like, that's a part that I, I feel is really like, it doesn't make sense logically necessarily. Like we don't even really know what's going on at this point, mm-hmm. but like I'm on board with what's happening. Like the visuals are so interesting and like the concept of what's happening is really engrossing. Part of me kind of wishes like that, type of abstraction had continued through the movie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Just because I was so sucked into it for that brief period.
0: Yeah, I like the first act a lot because it definitely just kind of drops you in. And the whole style of this movie, it could almost be a silent film. Most of the story is told visually. Mm -hmm. Like, there isn't a whole lot of dialogue that helps you out. And that, to me, makes for a really exciting viewing experience. And even the dialogue that we do get
1: isn't terribly important like there's a couple scenes where it's important
0: yeah like when you're learning about Jeff's uh how he's in the state that he's in. And like
1: when they're talking about how like their childhood stories are sort of blending Mixing together, yeah. like that's important dialogue to have. Yeah. Right. Ready to come over and eat all the no, no no, 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 I'm talking about a different one. <laughs> about, yeah. My friend. With the pool and the slide. With the pool that tried to drown me when I, yes, I tell you a story and then you take in it and you've made it your own. You do this all the time.
0: But even that is sort of placed, not nonsensically, but sort of spread collage-wise over, like, cuts of various situations that, that they're in in the moment. So it's not necessarily... It's almost like an abstraction of dialogue where it's just sort of this is the sounds that are going with this feeling that he's trying to convey. And I think that's one of the my favorite things about this movie is that you could probably watch it on mute and still kind of get an idea mm-hmm. of what's going on. It gives the audience a lot of credit, which is... Oh, oh yeah, there's
1: zero handholding. Yeah,
0: you kind of have to you have to do a little work, which I think is why a lot of people got turned off by it too. A lot of people were like, it doesn't make sense. I give up. But it's like you have to do a little work.
1: Like he gives you all the pieces, you just have to put them together. I'm going to disagree with that statement. Like oh. I don't necessarily feel like all the pieces are necessarily there. I th- I feel like a lot of the times you're expected to like make a leap and like imagine the piece or like visualize the piece of the puzzle being there. And I looked up on, like, the Wikipedia page to, like, see, like, I was like, okay, what's the plot synopsis from, like, you know, peer-reviewed and edited, yeah, you yeah. know, and when Shane Carruth and Amy Simon, when they, like, meet on the bus or something, and they're, they're like, drawn to each other, mm-hmm. like, even in the Wikipedia synopsis, it says they're drawn together seemingly telepathically. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm like, okay, like, th- that's not really illustrated super well. It's okay. like they bump into one another and then like two scenes later cuz Shank Ruth does not want to hold a shot if his life depended on it. Like <laughs> it's all quick shots. There's no long shots in this movie like whatsoever. And I just don't know if like that connection really comes across in the visuals. Mm. Like it really just kind of seems like they randomly got together. That's fine though
0: too. I could I could see that cuz he uh Eventually they like see each other. I got the impression that they eventually went out He worked up the courage to ask her out and they went to that coffee shop And that's when she gave him her card for you know making I don't know signage basically right. And he's like This is you, Chris? Yeah,
1: that's me Okay Um I'll call I'm not gonna call for signage though Right? I don't need any signage Okay, Chris
0: Okay, Jeff
1: Oh uh, hey um, it's good meeting you.
0: Haven't you ever been like drawn to somebody? never I, I mean yeah, I have but so I mean like we get the impression that he's definitely drawn to her more than she is to
1: him she's 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 a little standoffish. I just don't know if it came across in the visuals like I mean maybe this is like the dis. Connect where it's like you see it and it makes sense emotionally to you, and I see it. I'm like, this is like one random scene followed by another random scene, and like we as an audience are sort of just asked to put these two pieces together. Like we're asked to feel these things, and I didn't feel those things. Okay, that and I, I, so I guess that that might be where my disconnect comes from. Sure. So I guess
0: maybe uh, we could jump to my big question then for you. Is there ever a point when you're watching a movie sort of similar to this where you sort of turn off the analysis portion and just sort of let everything sort of wash over you?
1: Yes. I didn't for this movie this time around. I took so many notes on this movie. I usually take a page of notes on movies that I'm watching. I took about two and a half, close to three. Oh, man. Because the first time I watched it, I just let it wash over and it that's sort of like a double-edged sword for uh doing the podcast is like sometimes i want to just watch a movie and not have to analyze it but i feel like for the benefit of being able to discuss it that i have to like remember things and make notes of things yeah so the first time i watched it in theaters i definitely had the uh you know just let it let it go like let it wash over you and see how you feel at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then this time around, I did the exact opposite approach of, like, how does this scene connect to the previous scene or to other th- scenes that we have seen? And neither experience has left me totally satisfied.
0: So the first time I watched it, I felt it was, like, a almost a transcendental experience, mm-hmm. just thinking, just really sort of coming in blind. I didn't know anything, and I just, like, hit play and let it go. And sort of giving myself over to the movie, sort of saying this will get explained and if it doesn't then that's okay it gave me an idea and i'll see if it comes together and i feel like by the end it all kind of wrapped up neatly enough that it felt like a complete journey this time around it feels even tighter logically to me uh but i enjoyed it less because because i was trying to piece it together and or or i was seeing things that i knew ahead of time i was like oh well that's that's why that makes sense now from later. And uh, it kind of took some of the the joy away for me.
1: I can see that. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but uh, David Lynch has like sort of a quote, or if you want to call it that, where he said that like part of the fun of a movie is just losing yourself in the mystery. Yeah. And he always said, he, you know, he hates it when movies are wrapped up tight. He's like, I don't want a bow on my movies. Like, I want enough that, that the audience feels that they know what happened, but that not everything is totally explained that like the mystery will continue after they leave the theater in their heads. Yeah. And this
0: one does that for me. The first time I saw it, I could not stop thinking about it and making connections. Um, like I've never read Walden, Mm -hmm. but, uh, looking it up afterwards and then also for this podcast sort of seeing connections to the movie and the script that are that are intentionally put there if
1: you know Walden but uh I I know the premise of it but is there something specifically that like the script
0: well for example like she talks about when she's doing the diving and pulling up rocks and saying lines from it one of the lines she says is, I am
1: glad to have drunk water so long
0: for the same reason that I prefer the natural sky Early when she was hypnotized, she was drinking water and he was she was told you're going to drink it like it was like it's the most delicious thing you've ever had. And then also there's like a line where uh, I'll watch something like the new rising sun and then his face is like the sun. Mm. So there's all these like sort of things. And also like Walden, the pond itself. There's all these apparently all these things uh, that Henry David Thoreau wrote about experiments he did trying to find the depth of the pool oh okay and so like her diving for rocks yeah that's a a big thing like there and so i don't know like i think you might get more out of this movie if you did know walden okay (laughs) but i don't think it's super i don't think it's necessary but like that that intertextuality i think adds to this in a nice way
1: i mean there's definitely like a lot to chew on here like it's a meaty movie like yeah. no matter my feelings on it like I'm not gonna say that it's necessarily like shallow or anything like that to me it feels like an impressionist work of art rather than like an abstract work of art it's got to bring out your French culture again <laughs> don't you <laughs>
0: where it's like for if you stand far enough away it all looks great but then if you start getting too close it's th- it doesn't really make this the same kind of sense um, whereas like you know an
1: abstraction you could look really far away or close up, and it's the same. You mm-hmm. know? I would say that's actually better, like because abstract gets thrown around a lot in like reviews and analysis of the this movie. Yeah, and I, I, I guess impressionistic, I feel, is actually a better term for what this sort of movie is. Because it makes, I mean, it has a logical
0: through line. There's yeah. definitely some like elements of fantasy, I would say. <laughs> I, and I mean, with
1: abstract, it's supposed to be like where. Logic and reason uh, cease being expressive, mm-hmm. and only the you know the illogical can express like the emotion at at that point. And this, I don't think, really quite meets that criteria for yeah. abstract. So, impressionist might be actually a better term for what this movie is. Yeah,
0: almost romantic. I mean, like I feel that whole second
1: act is kind of romantic. Well, like acts two and three, I, I would say like once the worm is out of her, it kind of just becomes this strange love story. Yeah. Like, the first act is sort of this almost science fiction movie of yeah, like, a grub having some sort of hypnotic effect on people who you know, imbibe it. Yeah. And, you know, this person uses it to swindle people out of money. But then the second half is really just like... And and this is where it kind of got confusing, because it kind of like, abandons that, but not really like it's still important like you have to know like what these grubs and maggots like the effect that it had on people and like what happened to them Mm -hmm. but the interactions between Jeff and Chris at that point are just sort of funhouse mirror looks at relationships so when I was researching the movie Shane Carruth said that like the film is sort of an exploration of breaking cycles Mm Mm-hmm that by the end, the idea is that they have broken this cycle because, like, the sampler, like, the, the pig farmer, yeah, uh, is, his character's name is The Sampler. Because uh, he's a sound engineer? Yeah. I, I wondered about that. I was like, God, did, he, did Ryan just pick this because there's a sound engineer in the movie? I'm going to do them all. I'm doing all ten of them that have sound engineers in them. And it was like, you know, the sound engineer takes the worms from the people, puts them in the pigs, and then... When those pigs have babies, he throws the piglets in the river. Which, come on, just kill the pigs! Why are you keeping the pigs around just to kill the piglets? Like, I know it's not. I've it's expressed not a fun. my dislike for movies where there's like <laughs> depictions of cruelty to animals, and this movie did not have a "no animals were harmed" in the making of this movie in the credits. Because I looked. I'm sorry. Uh, so I don't know if he actually killed piglets or not.
0: We definitely saw like portion
1: of that piggy get cut out and also its ear got like tagged so maybe that's why i mean it could be movie magic which is what i'm saying in my head like you can obviously make it look like you know a pig is being operated on without actually operating yeah, on a that's pig quite, yeah and i mean you know i'm sure being tagged in the ear isn't fun but you know also people get pierced all the time yeah, yeah okay and i like it obviously didn't kill the pig but I, I don't do well with, like, cruelty to animals on film. Like, if if you want me to, like, really just check out of your movie, be mean to an animal, like, that is a surefire way for me to check out of the movie.
0: We call it the Barking Dogs Don't Bite rule.
1: <laughs> that all, Like, I'm already sort of, like, in a crummy mood while watching this movie, and then this happens, I'm like, <sighs> if Shane Kruth hurt a pig in the making of this movie, I'm going to punch him in his beautiful mouth. <laughs> With your mouth? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was hard. And also, I mean, I remember having this critique the first time where it's like, if it's so important that these baby pigs, like, die underneath a specific tree so that the flowers can grow, why would he just toss it off the bridge and let it float down? Wouldn't he, like,
1: place it under that tree? Also, there's got to be better ways to grow those flowers other than killing a batch of piglets. Yeah, why can't they just raise the grubs? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it seems like they grow under pretty chaotic circumstances, like no matter what. So like, it can't be that hard to do it. Yeah. And piglets are cute. Pigs are kind of cute. Yeah.
0: I have a person in my neighborhood who walks their pig. It's huge. Oh really? It's really cute. Yeah. It's really cute when they walk
1: it. Like that last scene when it, uh, Chris is like holding the pig. I'm like, oh, no. that's real sweet. And it looks so happy. It really. It looks real happy. There
0: was even. There's one shot where after the worm gets put into the pig Mm -hmm. and the way it's face the it cuts from amy's face or chris's face to the pigs and the way the pig's face is framed it almost looks human Hmm. like he cuts off the nose a little bit and the way its eye looks with its mouth it just almost looks like a human face in a weird way and uh i thought that was a smart move well he
1: does that a couple times like cutting drawing parallels between the pigs and uh chris and jeff yeah and they're connected in some emotionally
0: yeah somehow and i that's that's why i think like you know people are quick to say oh this is some kind of sci-fi thing because he did a sci-fi movie i think this is more fantasy i mean
1: yeah i mean the beginning of it has what feels like sci-fi elements to it yeah because yeah it's like when the pig gets pregnant chris feels that she's pregnant right and, and then when they
0: steal the baby, she just is looking for something. And yeah. She, does, she just knows something is missing.
1: And Jeff gets angry irrationally at his coworkers then, too. Yeah. And then when they're, like, hiding in their like, little bunker bathtub thing, uh, it cuts from, like, them holding each other to, like, a, uh, the pig sort of cuddled up, like, yeah. you know, over each other,
0: too. Missing their babies.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and Shank Ruth said that the movie is sort of an exploration about breaking cycles, but I don't know if it actually felt that way to me. I don't know if you can attach an emotion to breaking a cycle necessarily, like a single type of emotion or even a series of emotions, but I don't know if I, if even knowing that this movie is supposed to be an exploration of that mindset or that feeling that I think that he achieved it. And then on top of it, I don't know if he said anything about breaking cycles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it it really added anything to like the emotional vocabulary of that idea. I would agree with you there. I don't
0: necessarily agree with the filmmaker that this is what this is about. Okay. Which I don't know if I struggle to say that this movie is about something okay I also don't necessarily think it needs to be I think it's kind of just telling a story about two people who find each other that are well matched for each other and then sort of uh also killing the pig farmer
1: that's controlling them you know what I mean yeah um I mean, I, I will agree with you that this movie, you know, may not be about, you know, especially what the, the author intended it to be. Yeah. Like, just because he, that's what he set out to make doesn't mean that that's what it is. Yeah. But I've been doing hard art all this season. And this isn't even our first uh, trip on the merry-go-round for hard art. Yeah. Like, you know, we've done a Guy Madden movie. You know, we've done other, like... Uh, We've done uh, Don Hertzfeld, which I would put in sort of hard art category too. Sure. And this is really the first one in the podcast where I felt like I couldn't really like anchor it to something like this one. It's not even that it's so out there that I can't understand it. I just feel like there's not something true enough to life that I can attach myself to it. Like, it knows how to push my buttons, like, emotional buttons. Like, it evokes very real emotions in me when I watch it. Mm -hmm. And I'm even emotionally sympathizing with the characters while I'm watching it. But I don't know if I'm actually, like, with the movie. I guess it... I mean, you could
0: make the argument that it's sort of about finding peace in a a way finding inner peace in a way because regardless of Chris's situation she suffers a trauma she somehow finds love after that trauma she sort of gets some closure to that trauma at the end she's just cuddling that pig you get the sense that like it's never going to be a complete picture for her she's always going to be wondering what the hell happened she has found some sort of peace by sticking with this pig farm like Mm -hmm. there is I think that's also like the scene when they're like fighting we talked about earlier where they're kind of remembering everybody's it's sort of that each other's stories it's sort of collage they keep coming back to this uh, duo of lines where one of them says they could
1: be starlings they could be starlings (laughs)
0: And I think it's almost like a meditation on, like, looking to nature to bring you into the present. Mm. And so for her, being able to just take care of these pigs and stay in this small natural zone, her life makes sense again. And that's where Walden would come in, too, because that book's all about that guy living by himself on in a cabin by a lake for two and a half years. You mm-hmm. know? So that would make that make sense.
1: Okay yeah when i was like reading the synopsis to see if i could like discern something more from it it talked about how you know they break the cycle by raising the pigs themselves and not killing the piglets thus, thus there will be no more flowers and no more grubs for the thief to use to like hypnotize people for sure i'm like that's asking a lot of the viewer to like infer all those things out of those final scenes yeah Whereas when I'm watching it, I see her cradling this pig, and that pig looks adorable and happy. Yeah. And, like, that's the emotion that I'm feeling. This is, like, a peaceful moment. I'm feeling the peace with these characters right now. But, I don't know, walking away from the movie, I'm just like, I don't know if I really like this one. Yeah, that's uh, fair. E- even on even on rewatch. And, yeah, I-, I feel like, you know, we've done hard art before, and I've been on board with it, but I was like, this this one, I don't know. I don't know if it asks too much of me or if I'm just not speaking the language of this film. Because there's a lot to like, but I don't know if I like it.
0: That's fair. I'll tell you why I do like it. A, I like I said before, I like the variety of visual textures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it keeps uh, me visually interested. I like the soundtrack a lot. I think it works really well with the visuals. And I like that... This movie gives the viewer a lot of credit. I like a movie that doesn't hold your hand the whole way through. We know enough, watching it, even if you didn't fully understand all the like reasons for everything, we can get the idea of, like, the grubs make people hypnotized, and then he hypnotized her, took her money, she got the worm taken out, they fall in love, da da Like, you can get the basic plot points, and I, I like that about it. I like that you're able to still glean sort of what's going on without needing to know all of the details.
1: Yeah. And I I will agree with you there. Like it, it succeeds in that in like telling the story visually, you know, but I guess I just I didn't take like it didn't reveal anything like th- there was nothing about relationships that this movie said that other movies didn't. Or there was nothing that this movie said about breaking cycles that I I feel like changed my perception. It did a really good job of making me feel things. Like, it really succeeded in that department. I just don't know if all those things really added up to being more than just, like, a bunch of emotion button pushing. Mm. You don't think the emotions told a story? I mean, they did, but I don't know if the story told me anything that... I didn't already know Hmm. or that isn't already just out there in the world, I guess. Okay. Which I don't know it it, for, for a movie that this meaty, it feels like it should be a little pithier. It should be saying something like it. It just kind of seemed random that it was pigs. Like why pigs? Why not birds? Why not cats? Why not anything else? Like it just seemed like pigs were a random choice of animal. Like it wasn't that, the parallels between jeff and chris and the pigs were anything other than just a parallel between jeff and chris and a random animal Mm. like you're making a whole movie you're consciously choosing pigs for this animal are pigs saying something about like the nature of relationships here yeah i don't know (laughs) Like I hate shitting on movies that like you pick or that even I pick, but no I, I, that like that's how I felt about it. That's
0: totally valid. But I would argue that in a movie that makes more sense emotionally than logically, you don't have to question that. And th- that's
1: 100% fair, but I don't know when does abstract become an easy out for a director? Like, when, when does I don't need to explain it because it's abstract come into play? I mean,
0: that baby face didn't make sense in <laughs> <No, laughs> Beyond the yeah. Black Rainbow. So. <laughs> no. I, I, uh, that's totally true. I mean, pigworms in this movie. <laughs> I,
1: and, I mean, to, to go back to another one, like, you were talking about how, like, in Beyond the Black Rainbow, that was, like, when she's, like, trying to escape and like, she seemed like the zombie dude in the one thing. And, and like, you're just like, why are we seeing this? I was like, I felt like it added greater depth to like the Arborea society or Institute. And you're just like, I'm, I'm not even interested. I, I guess that's just like the disconnect there. was like, I feel like if you're going to make the conscious decision to have pigs paralleling this human couple, that it's supposed to say something other than just these random animals are connected emotionally. Yeah.
0: It's hard when you make a movie that is purposefully ambiguous like this, mm-hmm. because you're going to get people who just don't want to connect or, or just can't, you know, like they're like, like, for example, you feel that, uh, you know, these pigs they, that throws you off and, uh, that's a risk you run when you make a movie like this, I guess. And that's, you know, that's a risk that any artist makes. Like you could, for example, with the Duke of Burgundy, which we just did now, like if Uh, if somebody came into that suddenly realizing that this world is, uh, you know, completely occupied by women and there's no men. And then they're like, well, I don't believe it anymore. Then you're out. You're done. Like the movie, you can't stick with it anymore. Yeah. So there are, I, I agree with you. There are conceits to this movie that you just sort of have to go along with. Like why does, is the pig farmer somehow able to connect with these people when he touches them? Like that doesn't make any sense, but, uh, it works for the plot and it works for me emotionally because it paints him more as somebody who feels for these animals too. these, because he knows that they're connected
1: to people. So it's tough. I don't know. Yeah. And to bring it back to like another hard art movie, like under the skin or something Mm -hmm. would be like another movie that makes sense emotionally, but maybe not logically Mm -hmm. that I was 100% on board with. Mm. Like, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I, I cannot attach to, like, a greater meaning or anything like that. But I felt like it all made sense inside, like, the world of this movie. And in this instance, I I couldn't make that claim.
0: For me, because it is such an emotional ride more than a
1: logical ride. It is,
0: a, it is an emotional <laughs> ride. Like, there's no it's getting around nice. that. It's nice. I like how it... Ends. I can see where he where he's saying it's like a breaking of cycles, where because the movie starts with our thief showing us how the grubs worked, da da, da da and it basically ends with him discovering that you know grubs aren't there anymore, can't do this, and then that last shot. It ends, so you get sort of this feeling of like, at least this won't happen again, right? And in that way, it's satisfying to me knowing that he's stopped. She's happy, and we can leave it at that.
1: You know, I can see myself watching this a third time as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not writing the movie off. I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm critiquing it hard, and maybe in a dimension that it it needn't be critiqued in. Because, yeah, give it a couple years, I can totally see myself revisiting this movie and going at it with a different mindset. For me, yeah, and and so, like, why... I am totally
0: fine with people disagreeing with me on this particular film is that for me it is sort of uh, I mean I hesitate to be like it's a work of art but it is sort of you
1: but know, I mean it is visual
0: art in general for me is is like it's not good or bad it's all about a conversation and you can talk about why you like it why you don't like it what is uh, what is this thing over here what does this mean blah 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 And I'm totally fine with liking something that somebody else doesn't. Sure. So, and this is another. We both like Greg Araki movies. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm totally fine with you, with you not enjoying this.
1: I mean, I want to reiterate, it's not that I didn't necessarily enjoy it. I just, I don't, like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to someone else unless they were a fan of hard art.
0: Yeah, you have to be prepared to do some work. <laughs> yeah, because a...
1: this doesn't spoon feed you in the slightest.
0: Mm-mm, you gotta,
1: you gotta work here. And Shane Carruth is very easy on the ice. He's a, he's an easy gentleman on the ice. And really, like even like, you know, I said like he can't hold a shot to save his life, but every quick shot was very purposeful.
0: Yeah, some of them even like ended sooner than you thought they were going to.
1: I didn't feel like there was any fluff like the movie was succinct almost like I mean it was still like 100 minutes long but it felt like he didn't put in anything unnecessary
0: yeah and in a movie as you know impressionistic as this one is I could see myself getting bored really fast yeah I feel like it's a, it moves at a good pace it's quick enough that it's a palatable impressionistic movie
1: my attention never waned like I like my eyes were solidly on the screen the whole time it's just it's a complex movie and the emotions that it kind of brings out in me like I don't know I I just feel conflicted on it because it's such a good looking movie and it's so successful at eliciting emotions that it's definitely going for that I can't say the movie's a failure in any dimension it's hard when it doesn't feel like it's about something. Yeah, and that that's sort of my thing is like it just it didn't feel like it was saying anything more than just what it was giving us. hmm I didn't feel like there was any greater meaning to all this abstraction. Unless
0: you wanna, you know, say that because her memory and his memory is all broken from their experiences with the worms, like that's sort of the way the movie's presented. It, to, as the audience where it's like we sort of don't really know what's going on it's all sort of fuzzy and impressionistic and that's why focusing on nature and the here and now helps helps heal
1: that a little bit I'm going to take it back I think I would recommend all of our listeners to watch it and chime in yes tell I, us what you think I want to know what other people think of it I have a letterbox account I know what a lot of like my you know cinephile friends feel of it but like I I really do like I want to know if you don't consider yourself a cinephile what do you think of this like were you on board emotionally with it or not or you know was it too arty for you or if you are a cinephile was it too arty for you you know are all your uh letterbox friends either five star one star I mean it is a little polar polarizing there's a lot of like four four and a half star and then there's like a lot of like two two and a half stars Mm. so two star four star I, I gave it three and a half after watching it in theaters and I don't know if that's gonna change at all-hmm I kind of just feel like giving it no stars like not zero stars but not giving it a, a, a rating yeah not not quantifying my thoughts of this movie on a one-dimensional metric just put um see podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry to shit all over your pick i
0: love the
1: shit <laughs> i welcome the shit that's good because my next movie is solo uh, no not <laughs> really. god for a moment i really <laughs> was
0: hurting i was like no i don't want to talk about that no
1: uh yeah what do you have next I want to do something that's more along the lines of Guy Madden or True Stories. So I'm picking, like, fun art. Still hard art, but fun art. Next week, I want to do uh, Steven Soderbergh's Schizopolis. Oh, I've never seen it. I think you will like it. It's definitely, like, just sort of a weird surrealist comedy. It's the one and only movie Steven Soderbergh has acted in. Okay, and he plays two roles, if I remember correctly. This is definitely like an absurdist, surreal comedy. And I feel like when when you think of hard art, it's always serious and it's always dour and yeah. it's always you know meaningful. And this is just sort of playful and fun and meant to make you laugh at anything and nothing. So sweet. We're gonna plug our junk and get out of here. Yeah. Like, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcasting service is.
0: We also can be reached via
1: Twitter at X-Rated Movies. Go to our new website, xratedmovies.com. Can you believe we still have that like website domain available? I mean, no
0: one's come to us offering millions of dollars to take it from us yet. So, And we... We might cave if they did. (laughs)
1: How terrible would that be? You wouldn't be able to go to that website anymore. But yeah, just exratedmovies.com. We own it. Check it out. There's lots of fun stuff there. We also have
0: a email account if you want to email us your thoughts and opinions at x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Also, if you feel like asking us to plug your product... That's where you can contact us. We'll reply promptly.
1: And then uh, follow us on Facebook. We got a good little following right now, and uh, you should uh, join in with that group, just at rated Movies.
0: hmm Start a chitty-chat club there. We'll
1: jump in. And uh, this podcast was brought to you by Casper Mattress. Type in the code DILDONIC for uh, 20% off your next order.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was asleep on a Casper mattress. It was just so comfortable, and I just sat down for a minute. But I. That has the right sink and the right bounce, you know?
1: Yeah. It just really.
0: Properly cradles your wazoo. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you here next week for Schizopolis. Until then, bye bye. Bye
1: bye.